ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. It's WrestleMania weekend, and it's finally here. Katie Linnadal, time for another special podcast. Ah! It's, it's, uh, this is our WrestleMania preview show. It's huge. Bray Wyatt's on the show. But before we get to Bray Wyatt, let's recap slightly, and we'll do more on Wednesday morning mm-hmm. in the state of wrestling and all this. But I'm sure there'll be so much to talk about after this whole weekend and Monday's Raw. The state of wrestling will probably be Occupido. However, <laughs> Occupido. last night... We were at NXT TakeOver. That's true. Dallas. And I have to say, I mean, it was definitely, I don't see how it's not going to end up being one of the best shows of the year. You know, it goes without saying, Nakamura's debut. For something to be that hyped and deliver, it's interesting, though. I feel like the NXT fans are a lot like how, uh, I, I think it was Adam Cole talked about the pro wrestling guerrilla fans in the sense that, they're such a passionate group, mm-hmm. so your instinct is to say, like, oh, I hope this lives up to the hype. But in reality, everybody just wants to cheer, so there's not that much you can do that's not going to live up to the hype. Do yes. you see what I'm saying? In the sense that, like, like, we were on TV a bunch of times, and I was getting a bunch of tweets from people saying uh, that they noticed I was the only person not doing the yes chant in the beginning of the nakamura Sami Zayn match. Now, I was as excited as anybody to see Nakamura. I've been talking about him before Non-stop. he got signed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, number one, I think the yes chant is completely overdone. I think it's the new what. And number two, I'm not a huge fan of the this is awesome, you know, yes, 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 all these chants before matches start. Like, I get it. Both these women. How <laughs> yeah. do you feel about that one? I didn't mind that because it was actually while the match was happening. They were doing something. Okay. That that brought the chant to us. Um, so, yeah, that's why I, I wasn't chanting yes because I don't like the yes chant without Daniel Bryan. And because I'm not a big chanter of before matches. I was very, very excited. Also, I think I might have resting bitch face based on based on, based on the TV screenshots that people got because I was having a great time. But um, – I thought that even with that fan base, uh, the Nakamura Sami Zayn match exceeded expectations. Uh, I thought it was really, really good. It was a style. Nakamura brings a style that doesn't exist in NXT right now, and it's really amazing because they are going. As of, I mean, last night's show was headed obviously more towards the Japanese influence with Nakamura, you know, bringing that strong style approach. And being a big star, and then Asuka winning the women's championship. Yeah, that's a that's that's a big step forward, and I think it's good um, because New Japan is obviously a force that a lot of people in America aren't aware of, and WWE has an opportunity to kind of adopt some of that style without the entire fan base realizing that a lot of it's taken and or basically just take everything from it and take the good stuff, right? And then add it to what we have. But I found it to be a very very interesting show too. It was by far the closest thing I've experienced to a New York ECW crowd since ECW. And people say that about other shows, but this was finally, oh, yeah, that's what this feels like. Um, 
And it was – I was thinking about last year's TakeOver. I mean, NXT show. It wasn't even a TakeOver before WrestleMania and how different of a show it is um, or was because even though NXT was its own separate brand last year, there was still something about it that felt like this is the future of WWE as opposed to this year where NXT – and it's probably because now you've got Austin Aries, Samoa Joe, Nakamura – not to mention Finn Balor, who you had last year, who are not young guys. I mean, they're not ancient, but they're not in their early 20s. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They're not developmental guys. They're guys with a pretty significant career uh, wrestling in ways that they've been wrestling for a long time. It felt like – I, and maybe it's just the first time it clicked. It really, as much as they've been saying it for a long time, felt like this is an effort to put on a show in and of itself. No thought is being put into the development of the future of WWE. It's like, I feel like NXT has become a place where, okay, we're going to make a really cool, almost indie super show type of brand. We're going to take our production knowledge and budget and create a super cool fringe brand. And within this brand, the WWE is allowed to cherry pick talent. But it's not so much – I mean it has nothing – there is nothing AAA about it anymore. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Mm-mm. And I almost feel like the show – there's two NXTs, right? There's the live shows where the guys that are at the performance center and all that still tour with the live shows that are smaller shows. Those guys are in developmental and learning how to do it to get to WWE. Then there's the TV takeover uh, – It's like NXT concentrate. Touring roster – that is like, no, we're just here because we're promoting NXT. It has uh-huh. nothing to do with getting to the WWE brand. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, you know, as it, it was very cool to see as many people. Stephanie McMahon was sitting in like the second or the third row. Michelle Beadle was there. Jim Ross was there. Uh, you know, they showed Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. They showed a lot of people there. Um, NXT is not slowing down. I just Bobby Roode. Yeah. That was probably the biggest surprise. I, well, no, I'd say the biggest surprise was Asuka winning the women's title. But another huge surprise was Bobby Roode. Um, I think Bobby Roode definitely has a place in NXT, even more so than James Storm did. Um, you know, he left TNA with Eric Young. And I, I don't remember if I said it or not, but I, I definitely feel like Bobby Roode fits NXT a little more than Eric Young does. Um, so I, it was cool to see him. Um you know, and I think he'll be a, a, a good addition to NXT. It's almost like it, it, it's becoming a it's becoming a, a super show less than uh, I, I I just feel like when a guy like Bobby Roode comes in, it's exciting, but at the same time, it's another person that's not being created. Like Enzo and Cass, Tyler Breeze, there was this whole like roster of people that were really becoming stars created in NXT. These Bray Wyatt, all these stars, Seth Rollins, you know, were NXT stars. Well, maybe not Seth Rollins. Were NXT stars, right? That were kind of products of NXT. Right. And then they were highlighted by your Finn Balors or whoever. And even Finn Balor gets reinvented for NXT, right? Prince Devitt and Finn Balor are two different entities. So they've shifted in the other direction with the Bobby Roods, Austin Aries, Samoa Joes of the world, where they're just acknowledging, hey, 
these are people with wrestling pasts and now they're here. And, you know, it almost, it almost takes a little away because there's so much of it from the creation of these stars. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I want to get back to the point that you made about the style being completely different because I think as – and we watch wrestling from different points of view. Like our thought process is different, but being a fan our entire lives, I think to me and how many times did I turn over to you last night, I'm like this show just feels different. It feels right. – but it is to your point that indie style feel a little bit more raw. It's like an indie super show though. It's like it's like all the best elements. It's like the best – Yes. One match has like some of the best stuff you might see over here, and then this one has a New Japan influence, and this one has a whatever. It, it took a hot second to get used to last night to like make those shifts. Well, it's becoming less of a hybrid of WWE mm-hmm. meets internet wrestling, and becoming just you know I don't I don't I mean I only say internet wrestling for lack of a better term. Um, but that said, you know, like I said, I think it could easily be show of the year. Uh, Sami Zayn Nakamura absolutely stole the show. The uh, uh, Finn Balor-Samoa Joe match was amazing. Um, it was much better than the London match. It was I thought it lived up to expectations. I liked it a lot. The story was great. Uh, I liked it. I didn't mind that there was blood. I thought it was cool that there was blood. But I don't know why people were mad that they were trying to clean up the blood what's up with that i think it's just it's just a rabid group of fans which again in ecw that that's another reason it felt like an old ecw crowd because that's what the ecw crowd would have done it's like yell at whoever's interfering in the match now realistically of course and and i almost i almost think it adds a bit of reality to have people at ringside like whoa stop we got to clean up this cut because then it's like oh this is real and it is so i wasn't in the category of people that were like, oh, get these EMTs out of the ring. Because it's like, why don't you just let him uh, clean his cut? But I like that, like, Joe would push the referee away and keep going. It was like, it it does, there is something to it where it's like, this guy will stop at nothing. But to further your point, Mick Foley had a great tweet last night that you showed me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mick Foley uh, was definitely in favor of the EMTs. And, and, you know, I don't want to do his tweet an injustice, but brought up, uh, Hell in a Cell <laughs> and, and the EMTs stopping the flow of his match because he was almost dead. Whoever's screaming, though, like, all the, was pissed off about all the blood stoppage or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. that person couldn't even take a punch. I'd like to punch them uh, it's, it's, and then it, see if they don't want an EMT. <laughs> Come on. People get excited, though. And I, get, I mean, I like it. It's, it's, I don't agree with the chance, but, like, I do like the spirit oh, of, sure. of sort of – but let's be practical. Rebellious punk. Even rock. if it was boxing and somebody was bleeding that much, you're gonna you're gonna take care of it. Right, right. During the the, the round stoppage or whatever. Um, yeah, we will get more into our thoughts on NXT Takeover on Wednesday because there's a lot of WrestleMania to go over. This is a WrestleMania preview show. Uh, well, well, do you think that the NXT show last night could be show of the year? While that was coming out of your mouth, I thought it was a lofty statement. I mean, it was a good show. It was like every... I I would say there were some matches of the year. There was only six matches on the card. for There to be multiple matches of the year. Like, the tag match was great. Because I thought the Aries match was... And we can talk about this further on Wednesday. I thought thought was... What's the word? Underwhelming? I guess. It was a tough spot for that one. Did they go over it before (laughs) it happened? It was... was, Well, there was so much going on on that show. Um... 
And I love the Baron Corbin character right now. We both do. Yeah, it's great. Um, and I guess it was just like, I don't know if that match's place was to steal the show. There was so much going on on that on that on that show. I think it was that match was just there to kind of continue that story because obviously that story is not done. I don't want to hear it though. Anytime you're making your in ring debut on another program. I better guess. bring your A game. I mean, I think it, I, but I think the match was not saying you or I could do any better. Yeah, and I don't think it's an issue of Austin Aries or anybody not bringing their A game. I think it's literally the match was put together in such a way where it was like, okay, this is just here to tell a story. The debut that's going to wow everybody is Nakamura. Like that's, you know, Nakamura is this guy that we're counting on uh, getting people into arenas. Right, Nakamura is this guy that we're counting on selling a lot of tickets. So we want you to kind of come in and tell this story and, and do the thing, but we need people leaving this show going, oh, my God, Nakamura is here. You see? Uh, I don't know if so, I agree with it. So, well, I mean, you can't, you can't do that for every match. And, and I would say that Nakamura is going to, regardless, like Nakamura is the signing, right? Yeah. Nakamura's, the, I would say, the biggest signing since Devitt. Yeah. I mean, it'd be, it'd be tough to argue. You, I, I guess Kevin Owens, Hideo, and Finn Balor all came in at the same time. But, like, I would say in terms of a star, Kevin Owens is obviously a star, and he's already on the main roster, so I guess I'm not even talking about Kevin Owens. But signing Finn Balor, it's, yeah, I think, I think Nakamura is the biggest signing since Finn Balor. Um, and I mean, he was electric last night, like literally just walking down the aisle. He had the entire audience transfixed on him. Like he's the most, he may be the most charismatic guy on the roster and he doesn't even speak English. That's a good point. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a very rare thing that he's got going. So that's, that's what I think that's about. I think that, that Austin Aries is in a spot where it's like, okay, we're going to play the long game with you a little bit and we're going to have you, we like Austin Aries is not there to headline just yet, I don't think. And that's why I think that match was designed the way it was. And it did further the story, and I think that it left an opening for Baron Corbin to want another shot because it was a roll-up win, not like a decisive, decisive, decisive win. It was a clean win, but it wasn't that sort of like, like you know, Austin Aries got, uh, uh, got knocked around a lot. So I think because it wasn't so decisive, um, there's room for that story to continue. It was also, I mean, seeing Sami Zayn leave was emotional. You know, kind of, that was obviously his last match in NXT. Mm -hmm. And waving goodbye to the audience. It was was a good show. It was a good show. All right. I want to get into WrestleMania. Yeah. But first, we were at Radio Row this week. Well, first, we were at the gift shop. We hit it and we (laughs) hit it hard. Because our road to WrestleMania begins at the gift shop. There's a lot of t-shirts between the two of us. True that. Um, But we talked to uh, Bray Wyatt. Oh. Leading into WrestleMania, and you consistently know, consistently a pleasure. He's an amazing dude, and uh, this is the the reason we decided to air this interview on the WrestleMania preview show was because I think it's very important because we talked to him about not being on the show, and he kind of alluded to the fact that he is still planning on making an impact. Um, I, when we finished that interview with him, I thought that was bigger than you did at a point. Like mm-hmm. I thought what he gave us was a. Back-ended tease, well, let's obviously. Listen to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's listen to it, and uh, uh, we'll talk about it. Here it is on the WrestleMania preview show. 
And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Well, look who's back. Jeez, it's loud. Those New Day guys. The Eater of Worlds has entered uh, Sam Roberts' show again here with Katie Linendahl. Bray Wyatt, uh, I know you appreciate it more than anybody else. What's the hash? What's the hash? <laughs> yeah. I was expecting it. I'm immune. I'm immune to it. Now. I know you are. It doesn't upset me anymore. No, no. Well, the first time, the first time you asked me, it really threw me through a loop. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I didn't really know how to answer it. Right. And now, you know, what's the hash? You know, it's me. It is. That's it. That's the answer. Look where we are. That's the answer. We can all be children today. Well, speaking of of, of WrestleMania, I mean, people do a lot of uh, interviews promoting what they're doing at WrestleMania, but as far as I know. What's what up? is Bray Wyatt doing yeah. at, like at WrestleMania? Well, I think something about me, and uh, one of the first things I ever said on WWE television was, uh, you know, Bray Wyatt is open to the world's interpretation, and uh, uh, I haven't been advertised in a huge match like I have been the previous few years, and I think that's kind of freaked people out, and uh, to me, that's been a reward. Because, is that right? Yeah, because because like it's cool to have to know that people still people care this much about me, that they're asking about me, that they're wondering, you know, like uh, for so long people were telling me they were tired of hearing me talk, and now they don't get to hear me talk, <laughs> and now they're begging to hear me talk, and and like to me it's it's been a really cool thing, and I don't I don't know how they would believe in any world circumstances. <laughs> that I would just not be at WrestleMania or in WrestleMania. <laughs> that's that's like, the path, right? We do John Cena, yeah, then we do Undertaker, <laughs> then we just stay home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you insane? <laughs> of course, I wouldn't be out here if I wasn't in doing something. <laughs> right, right. You wouldn't have come to Dallas. <laughs> no, like, I'm not. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm absolutely not doing that. Now, what do you think it is about what you do that makes people so impassioned? Because I've said it, and I mean, I've gone on rampages on the wrestling podcast. About, like, I mean, week by week yeah. on Monday Night Raw, whether I like yeah. or I don't like yeah, what's yeah. happened to Bray Wyatt. And I've said under no uh, false pretenses that I will burn arenas down <laughs> if the right thing doesn't happen That's to Bray Wyatt. That's fair. He spends a lot of time That's talking fair. about this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very facetious. <laughs> <laughs> I was. So, I was being facetious. I'm not okay. an artist. <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, I don't know, man. Like, I don't think... When when we when we set out and we, we finally got the call up, I don't know if we really understood what we had. We just like we knew the NXT the crowd had had like responded so well to us, and they just kind of like attached themselves to us. And uh, when we came up here, the the we never in a million years thought it was going to explode the way it did. Right. And it did. It just it it exploded. And immediately. Yeah. 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 And and. It was just like that kind of thing, the right place at the right time. And because it's, you know, people, we were so different, man. We were so different. I don't think the company knew even how to use us. What, what, are, what are these things, you know? Like, <laughs> right. like they, we had, we were so different in the promos and so different the way we looked and how we moved. We were big and we would fly and do all this crazy stuff. Like, I don't think anyone expected us to be so complete. Mm-hmm. And, and... Uh, they still don't know how to use, you know, what what, what we are. And yeah. nobody does, you know. Like the fans don't understand us completely. We don't even understand us completely. And that's the curious case of Ray Wyatt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel, I mean, do you kind of, in terms of, of 
the direction and the way the company decides to use Bray Wyatt and the family. Do you kind of sit there and have to say, okay, well, let's see what position I'm put in, and it's my job to make the best of it? Or do you get frustrated at, I thought we were going here, and now we're over there? Any time that you care about something as much as we do, especially, like, like I, like, I obsess over this stuff. Like that's this is what I think about. This is what I do, but it's 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 out of this miserable period that I've I've kind of like come into my own again. Like I I feel uh, inspired again because it was in the beginning uh, where all this came from was when I was sent. I was thrown away like a piece of trash like years and years ago. I'm I'm sure you can figure out what I'm talking about. I can. I was thrown away like a piece of trash, and I and I instead of feeling sorry for myself, which is very likely me to do, I would imagine, I I got so angry and so frustrated at the world and and this company, everything around me that, like that's where it all came from, and it's almost like I need, I need these these valleys, because, obstacles, yeah, yes, because they they help me create, like. Right. I start feeling like I, I, I want to change this about myself. I want to change this about myself. And, like, losing Harper has really pissed me off. You know, like, all, the, all these things, they always uh, work themselves out, you know? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're the things that I actually need. I just didn't know it. What is that, that makes any sense. What is that feeling? And I, and I get that because it's like, you know, in order for the Bray Wyatt character to work... You have to feel it, yeah. and in order to feel it, it's like, what am I raging against? Like, if everything is going well for me at work, and the character is going the way it should be going, and everybody's exactly. smi- like, what, what's there to rebel that, against? That, I want to keep doing it the way you want to do it. Dude, I'll tell you what, like, today we were, I was talking about, uh, a few years ago, uh, I was about to come up, and uh, we were at a WrestleMania in, uh, in New York, and I yeah. was doing an autograph signing, and it wasn't like this, it was like... You know, the WWE guys were all doing their stuff down here, their autograph signings. And I was up in a balcony in a corner, and you know, and I had a line full of about 50 diehard NXT guys, which was young at this time. You sure. Know? So, and we all had this attitude about ourselves, like back in, you know, Seth and, you know, Biggie and like a couple of us, you know, Roman, Dean. We were all had this attitude about ourselves that we were just like, screw these guys. You know, this is... When we get it, we're gonna take it, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna destroy all these cartoon characters, you know, like, yeah. And that that was our mindset. And I remember standing at my autograph signing, calling all the guys up on stage, you know, in my in my autograph line, and we crumpled up all the papers and we're throwing, the, <laughs> we're throwing the papers down at the WWE guys. They're kind of just kind of looking at us like jerks, <laughs> you know. I'm screaming and yelling, I'm saying horrible stuff, and you know. That that was the kind of attitude that that I had. Yeah, and that was what brought us here. Yeah, and like like you're absolutely right. It's like I need the the machine to rage against. You know. Right. And if if these bad things don't happen to me every once in a while, I'm without. I'm I'm useless. You forget you know? the essence of the character. Yeah, I don't want to be the man. Right. You know. Right. That's not my role. Right. Is not to you know become everything I hated. Right. Right. Essentially. Right. What's what's the feeling <laughs> that you get? When like when you're wrestling like the dark match on Raw, when Harper gets injured, and you know, I mean, you know right away. So you see the tape that leaked on the internet, and you can see, uh oh, like, do you immediately get like, no? Well, that's that's not exactly the word that popped in my head. I figured not. <laughs> but he was talking to me while it happened. He was saying something to me, 
and he was throwing punches, and he just goes, what? And he goes, I broke my leg. And Immediately. And yeah, I was very, very, I was very, very mad. Yeah. So when we got him out, we finished the thing. I, I literally brought him back. We tried. I'm pushing him outside in a wheelchair trying to escape, you know. And it was, you know, that's what I'm talking about. That's right. That's the type, type of thing. Right. You don't need it you, or you don't know you need it and you don't, you certainly don't want it. Right. But without him, it's, it's so weird because it's never been without him. Right. You know, we've always been, he's my captain. Yeah. It's always been, it was mine and his before. You know, Rowan and Ron were ever involved. And uh, it's going to be hard, you know. Yeah. But, you know, uh, a soldier falls and drops his flag, and the next soldier comes by and picks it up. Hopefully we'll get more Wyatts. You can't replace Harper. That, that's impossible. So you but, get, like, five more guys to Yeah, come just in. an maybe, army maybe. of Wyatts. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think we, we never need to have any titles. We never need to feud with anyone. We should just come out every show, just 20 <laughs> Wyatts, and just mutilate someone for no reason. Right. Just be, <laughs> because be, that's be the real Wyatt are. that's throwing the paper <laughs> yeah. balls at exactly. the people that are successful. That's who I need, that's to, that's who I need to find again. Where, yeah. where did he go? Where, <laughs> think, did, where did he get I lost? I think you're finding him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's being discovered. I've always been pretty rebellious. Yeah. You know, not a very good kid I was. <laughs> Hard to believe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think one of the best things about live shows, and I wonder if it's something that's lost on you, is obviously the Firefly experience. Oh, yeah. And fans. Yeah, no matter what happens, they're there. Does that just feel as as epic as it looks every single time? Yeah, I mean, imagine 100,000 of them in a couple nights. You know, like to me, that's one of that's the coolest thing that that has ever come of this. And I told a story over there about the the first time one of our our, uh, vignettes aired. Uh, Vince was baffled because my name was trending worldwide. And nowhere in the vignette did it say my name. Mm. Like, how do they know who he is? And it's and, and it's, it's it's just a cool thing like that for, that the fans have always took to us. Because if you look at, I mean, look at this. There is a picture literally right there of us three giant-looking crazy men, tattoos, holding alligators. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, the, the, there's you shouldn't attach yourself to that. That right. is that every sense. Uh, of that picture has danger in it. Right. But people We're, have always attached themselves to us. And, and we, for the life of us, we don't understand why. The only thing we know is that we love doing it and we, we love being who we are, you yeah. know? Were you? And uh, the Fireflies is... Tr- when did that originate? Uh, Do you know? Uh, yes. Uh, because I didn't realize it was going on. We're, it was uh, the night that I did this promo and it's become known as the Miss Teacher Lady promo. And I walked out in London, O2 Arena, and uh, they were just, it was just lights everywhere. I didn't even realize it. Harper grabs me and he goes, do you see this? And I was like, see what? Whoa. Like, I didn't, my brain couldn't even pick up on it. But it was like, once once I had seen it, like, we're, I remember just being in a daze of, wow, that is really wild. I didn't realize it was for me. I thought it was for everyone, you know? <laughs> like, like, and then it became something later like that. And it was in, like, I was I was never like, oh, let's call them the Fireflies. You know, it was never something like that. They called themselves the Fireflies. And it became their own thing. And that's what is most beautiful about it to me is it, it wasn't created by anyone's one person's hand. It was created by the fans. 
uh, on their own, you know? I never asked them to do it. I never told them to do it. They did it on their own. And now it's become a spectacle. Like, almost a piece of what you pay to come see at a WWE show is why at entrance, you know? It's a cool yeah. thing. Really cool thing. Really buy cool. a sheet mask. And to buy a sheet <laughs> mask. <laughs> yeah. A couple of them now. You're selling black ones, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, two different oh, yeah. sheet masks. I don't sell them. Someone else does. <laughs> Whatever. Um, Dude, that's the man. That is the that's man. the man selling them. Take your cut, sir. <laughs> when, <laughs> when did you find out that you weren't going to be in the ring with Brock Lesnar as far as the advertised Brock Lesnar match goes? Like, did, Was that the point from the beginning, or did you get to the arena and they go, hey, here's what we're going to do. You're not actually doing this. Me and Brock Lesnar are going to meet. And this is the only way I can put this. Me and Brock Lesnar will meet down the line, and it will mean something. And I'm going to give him my soul and my body, and hopefully he doesn't kill me. But if he does, then oh, so be it. That's, it. that's, that's about your Mickey, it. Mickey, your Mickey Rourke moment. Uh, yeah, like I mean, the way yeah, to go that, out is with that's as, that's as much as I can give there. You know, I, I've been I've been beaten up uh, quite a bit uh, this past year. You know, we all have. It's been a rough year. Yeah. As far as the curse of the injury, but uh, I'm I'm still taking. I'm barely, but I'm still here. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm you were, still alive. Because I, I, I read on the internet, and generally everything on the internet is 100% true. Always true. Yes. That you were injured, and then like two days later I watched you at the Westchester County Center at yeah. that show doing everything you've ever done in yeah. every match. So, well, so. Uh, there, there's no such thing as me being kind of hurt. Right. Yeah, I'm either broken or I'm not. Right. <laughs> so right. so I, I don't have a really good, uh, I have a really good threshold for pain when adrenaline is kicking. That, that I will say. I see. <laughs> I see. I see. And then when it's not, it's like just, yeah. just leave me alone yeah. in pain. Well, uh, uh, Bray Wyatt. I am looking forward to seeing what happens. Me too. <laughs> all I can tell you is it'll be something, because all I know is it'll be something. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. That's the most anyone's got. Right. Yeah, right. Being so facetious. Facetious. I love that you're using the lingo. It's I don't so even exciting. know what it means. I, so you, that's two. You need to use it one more time, and you own it. Yeah. So no, that's the deal. I, it's yours. Yeah, it is mine. Yeah, so I can't do that. It becomes a part of your vocab. Okay. Right. You just have to use it three times. Vocab. <laughs> just cut off the, uh, the last couple you... letters of every word. It's facetious in your vocab. <laughs> How great would that be if Bray Wyatt just starts talking in, like, memes? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? I just got really big into social media. Just while poisoned. Was... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Bray. Well, it's always good talking to you, man. Always, and your man. hair smells thank really you. great. Appreciate it. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, Bray is a good smell. Thank you, thank you, thank it's you. Like an herbal essence commercial. <laughs> I'm famous for being a decent smelling guy. I like that. <laughs> well done. That's where. Here is Sam Roberts. All right, Linendahl. Let's go over WrestleMania. I guess coming off of that, first things first. His hair smelled great. His hair did smell great. Where does Bray Wyatt fit into WrestleMania? <sighs> I've been thinking about this a lot. I hope so. I have. Will you go first? You know, I don't know. I think, uh, I think, I don't think Bray Wyatt would have been talking to us the way he was talking to us if there wasn't something big Huge. planned for him. You know, he was kind of alluding to the fact that uh, the year had been miserable for him, which we've talked about on the show. Um, he was talking about raging against the machine. You know, and, and I also don't think he'd be this pissed off that Luke Harper was injured if there wasn't something bigger planned for the Wyatt family in the immediate. You know, I think... I think, as I told you before, I think the Brock Lesnar and him not being in the ring together was very intentional, and it was to save it. It wasn't because he was injured, because I saw him at a house show two weeks later. Um, And who knows? You know, I I was upset when they had him rub Triple H's 
world title on Raw because I thought they were just teasing us again. But now I'm all Bray Wyatt excited again, which may cause me to burn down the arena on, on oh, Sunday. Great. But I Can mean, we the at least agree that it's – I mean – I will like... throw – I'm going to shoot a flamethrower into that big monitor <laughs> if this doesn't go my way. Um, a football won't take it out, but a flamethrower <laughs> will. Uh, can we at least agree, not like we're doing really great math here, but it's going to be in one of three matches. No, again, not like we're brilliant, but it's going to be in the Shano, the Shano match one, or the Triple H or the Brock. Yeah, one would think that it would be in one of the main events. It doesn't I mean, fit anywhere else. It, you know, depending on well, what it is. Depending on where they see him, it could be something. He could, you know, uh, beat up AJ Styles after he beats Jericho. Mm-mm. And start Mm-mm. an AJ. It's not big st- enough. Start an AJ Styles Bray Wyatt thing. I mean, it's not big enough for what? As of two. I mean, he, last pay per view lost to Kane and Big Show. Like, let's not get carried away with ourselves. I feel like from what he was teasing. Yeah, but I also feel like Bray Wyatt gets a lot of starts and stops. You know what I mean? And like, I you know, I I get your optimism because I'm there too, and I want what you're saying. But I'm not talking about what I want. I'm talking about what's reality. Like, if what I want, I want Bray Wyatt to just invent his own money in the bank briefcase and disrupt the world <laughs> title match and win the title. Like, I'm with you. Trust me. And but, I'm speaking from a reality standpoint, though, just based on what he was saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Based on what uh, it's, was, it's, it's wrestling, though. I get exactly, it. You're going to like, talk a big game. Because, you know, I can tell you right now, wait till you see WrestleMania. Because <laughs> let me tell you something. I'm going to make a huge impact. And then you can go, well, based on what Sam is saying, I'm assuming he's going to interfere in the main event. And it's like, wait a minute. He was just sitting in the press box the whole time. Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, I just say stuff sometimes. Yeah. That's no, true. That's true. <laughs> that's often true. <laughs> but, you know, on, on the lower end of the spectrum, he could get involved in the Intercontinental title match. I don't think that'll happen. The six-way or seven-way or whatever. I don't think that'll happen. He could beat up AJ after the Chris Jericho. I, I'm assuming AJ will beat Chris Jericho. We'll get there. But that's a v- bigger possibility because that sets up an AJ Styles Bray Wyatt feud, which I could see happening easily. You know, they're kind of a yin and yang. That, and AJ is a big person. Bray's a big person. It would be the next step for AJ. I could easily see a Bray Wyatt AJ Styles feud happening. Um, and then on the bigger end of things, if Katie and I get what we hope for. Yeah. Then you have him involved in one of the main events. Um, what do you think? You haven't given your prediction on this. Well. Have you done a lot of thinking about it? I have, but, I mean, there's a lot of different places, and I think WrestleMania is going to have a lot of surprises. Because look what we have right now. The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, yeah. Bray Wyatt. A lot of guys are going to be at WrestleMania getting involved, and we don't know what their role is. The Rock is literally on posters. The Rock, like the commercials for WrestleMania are like, The Rock's going to be at WrestleMania in two days. What's he doing? We don't know. I said I think he's going to be involved in the New Day match. I still think he's going to be involved in the New Day match. Um, but there are, there's a bunch of guys on the show that we don't know what they're doing. I don't see Bray getting involved in the Shane-Undertaker match because I don't see them setting up a Bray-Undertaker feud. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that more has to do with what I, my line of thinking was taking, and I know this is in a roundabout way, taking control of the company or, or, or just messing yeah, with the McMahon side of things. I don't see that happening. Um, you know, John Cena is also in town. Seth Rollins is limping. I saw him in a hotel, so I don't think he's going to do anything. He's, he's hurt, hurt, but he's here. Hmm. Um, but John Cena is saying stuff about being ready to come back whenever. 
which I think is also conjecture and, and just getting people hyped up for it. But I, I think the Shane McMahon match is more likely to have a Stone Cold John Cena type person interfering. That's fair. Uh, I, Bray Wyatt is a guy who, if he's going to take over the company, he's going to take over the company through the route of the heavyweight championship. He's not going to take over the company through the route of, like, you know, Shane McMahon's in charge of Raw or whatever. So if he's going to screw over the McMahon family, it'll be the son-in-law, Triple H, that has to deal with it. Or he'll screw over Roman Reigns or something. Like, I don't know. Here's the problem, though. I don't know where that leads because even if the world title's on the line, I don't think there's a huge desire for another Roman Reigns-Bray Wyatt no. program. Like, no. we saw that already. Um you know, I, I, and I don't think Triple H is coming back after WrestleMania to do more matches, unless there's going to be a big Triple H Bray match at the next pay per view, and that's the hurrah. But I don't, I, I don't know to tell you the truth. I'm excited because I don't know exactly where Bray's going to fit in, but I think he will, and I think it'll, I think it'll be a surprise, and I think it'll be cool. Um, you know, if if it's AJ, I'm okay with it because I think it'll be interesting to see, and I'm trying to not get my hopes up, right, like. If my hopes are up, then the AJ Styles Bray Wyatt thing is a bummer because I wanted something huge. But if we don't get our hopes up and realize that still, you know, AJ Bray would be a cool thing to watch. Unfortunately, if he jumps AJ Styles, it's cool at WrestleMania, kind of. But then we just have to watch AJ Styles beat Bray Wyatt. It's just Bray Wyatt getting beat. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so I don't know. I don't. I don't know is the short answer. Um, but I do think it'll be impactful, and I'm, I'm excited. I think this year's WrestleMania is going to have a lot of surprises. Because it needs to. Yes, it does. I think they're going to pull it out. People were very pessimistic about WrestleMania last year. Very pessimistic. And they pulled it out. Um, and I think they're going to put on a great, great show. I don't think that they're willing to allow fans to leave disappointed. You know what I mean? I agree. And, and, and WrestleMania is not where they try things. WrestleMania is the climax. WrestleMania is the culmination. It's not like you can do something at WrestleMania and fix it on Raw. I feel like, the, obviously, though, this year, more than ever, the surprises were – I mean, starting with Shane. That was yeah. the big one. But because of all these injuries, which we haven't talked about as, too, as of late too much, you have to pull out all those stops. We yeah, because have your rosters like on. A, your, your benches. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the matches. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay. So we'll start on the pre-show. Uh, I mean, you know, there's the Divas tag match, which is Brie, Paige, Natalia, Alicia Fox, and Eva Marie – Versus Lana, Summer Rae, Naomi, Tamina, and Emma. Um, you know, we talked about this a lot last week, I think. Um, again, I don't... Like, I don't mind Eva Marie coming into this match and turning into a heel while she's there. I just think that the segment on Raw, it kind of made the whole the rest of the show weird because it didn't make <laughs> sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know... Uh, I think the Total Divas will win, and I'll bet, like, Eva Marie steals the pin from somebody. You know what I mean? Like, uh, maybe Paige. But or... that would be counting on Eva Marie to execute something. No, it just takes the pin. Like, somebody, like, Brie or Paige or somebody like that sets up their finisher. Okay, okay that's, that's easy enough. Eva Marie tags herself in and gets the pin or does some, something like that. Eva Marie steals the pin. She goes, hey, I want it for you guys. And everybody's like, you know, what's her problem? That'll probably lots. I could I could see that as the thing. Uh, Kalisto and Ryback. Bizarre. I don't think so. I do. I think this is uh, this is Rey Mysterio and Batista. This is their. 
I mean, it's a lesser version of the Brock Lesnar-Daniel Bryan match that they wanted to do. This is the Kane and Abel story. You know, this is, uh, uh, no, not Kane and Abel. What's the one where the big guy fights? David and Goliath. This is the David and Goliath story where the big guy is going to squash the little guy, but the little guy's got enough fight. This is, the, this is the match where they try to make Kalisto into the next Rey Mysterio, I think. You know, because Ryback is twice the size of him. He's a monster. Uh, and Kalisto, I think Kalisto's obviously going to win because this is his, his, his big shot, I think. They're, they're trying to make Kalisto into a pretty big deal, and I think he can be. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's weird. Okay. What do you think? I, I just think that's the probably the least exciting card mm. uh, match on the card. Usos and Dudleys, you know, it's cool. I I I want to see, as I said last week, I, I hope that the Dudleys evolve into like hunters, like corporate bullies. I like their role on Raw when they jumped uh, Roman, like when they distracted, they brought Roman over so Triple H could jump him. I like the idea of the yeah. Dudleys being yeah. a bad guy team. They yeah. don't have to change who they are. They still wear the camo but they're kind of Triple H's hired goons. So I, I hope that develops. I don't know if it will, but I would, I would like to see that. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It'll be fun to watch. Fair. Yeah. Uh, the Andre Battle Royal. Now, this is another spot. The Andre Battle Royal, it's on the pre-show, but it's also the highlight of the USA aired part of the pre-show. So it'll be on, you know, network cable. Um, I I mean I could see the Big Show winning again just because he's the Big Show and it's a it's a you know thing to see. Um, up until we interviewed Bray Wyatt, we were assuming that it, I was assuming it could be Bray Wyatt winning that battle royal. But now I think both of us have this vibe that he might do more, right? Yeah, I yeah. Think he comes in on that. Um, you know, it'd be great to see like the social outcasts. I, here's what'll probably happen with the social outcasts: they'll probably eliminate each other because they won't get along right, because their lack of teamwork is, like, the funniest part about that <laughs> whole group. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't I – don't, do you have any – you know you know who might win the Andre Battle Royal who's yeah. here? Cesaro. Cesaro's in town. So That's he, he may very well – He may very well surprise everybody and, and eliminate the big show again or do something like that. He might – this will be his second time. I could see him winning the Battle Royal. Agree. Um <laughs> All right, let's get into the main show. Uh, although I think one of those matches is on the main show. But um, Intercontinental Championship ladder match. Kevin Owens versus Zack Ryder versus Sin Cara versus Sami Zayn versus Stardust versus The Miz sick. versus Dolph Ziggler. It's going to be incredible. I'm assuming this will open the show. That was one of the best matches last year. It was, the multi-person ladder match. And I think... I. You know, it was set up in a weird way, and we talked about that. But I like that they're giving a couple of people that you wouldn't have thought would get the shot a shot. I like that Zack Ryder's in this and Sin Cara's in this. That's cool. I mean, it, it speaks a little bit on how many people are injured. But, I mean, the fact that Zack Ryder is getting an Intercontinental title match at WrestleMania, I'm excited about that. Woo, woo, woo. Exactly. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think Kevin Owens... They'll go one of two ways. So either Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn will win the match, I think. There's no way Zack Ryder wins as much as I would love to see it. Um, I love that during the match last night, people were telling a hilarious chance, Sammy, you got a match on Sunday. Yeah. Don't die. Yeah. What I, are you doing? It all depends on how they view Sami Zayn, right? I could see. What are you doing? It all depends on how they view Sami Zayn, right? I could see Kevin Owens winning, but if they want to 
have Sami Zayn have a moment, this would be the moment. If they want to really accelerate Sami Zayn and yeah. say, okay, we're going to go with this guy, then they could easily. I could see Sami Zayn winning the title. And it would be – it'd be cool. He's been in NXT for so long. Um, you know, it'd be cool to see. Do you have any thoughts? I'm, I think I'm totally with you on that. Yeah. Uh, let's go with the New Day and the League of Nations. I think uh, I think this is the match that The Rock will be involved that's in. A, that's a big, big claim. I really think so. I might be wrong, but it makes sense to me. In what capacity? Um – you know, it could be one of the – it's a four-on-three situation. You also don't know – I mean, I don't think that Triple H is going to get involved, but you don't know if anybody from uh, uh, the authority will get involved because, you know, the League of Nations is tight with them. I, 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 the Rock could come out and maybe lay out a couple of League of Nations members with Rock Bottoms. He could come out. There's a lot he could do. He's not wrestling. A match. But there's a lot he could do. Um, and I think I think – that's his spot, and I think this is a moment for the New Day to really shine as a, as a babyface tag team. Like, they, there's a reason that they turn them hardcore babyface. So they could sell, sell a lot more merch. Exactly. I mean, they're the most popular tag team on the roster. Can we say, too, here, at, at just the, the Bootios t-shirts – Every single person has one. They're selling out they like crazy at the WrestleMania store. It's insane. Yes, yes. I noticed you didn't buy one, and I think it's because they're off-brand because you don't want to walk around in a shirt that says booty on it. But I have I have two New Day shirts. Right. There's just too many with the New Day shirts for you. And I got the New Day socks. <laughs> so cut me some slack here. Uh, so, yeah, I think that will be the highlight of that match. That's what I think. That's fair. Um, AJ Styles and Chris Jericho, a match that this – uh, show met with some controversy. I'm in favor of it, no matter what Chris Jericho thinks on Twitter. Yeah, wait a second. Press pause. I like, mean, pump the brakes here. May I interject and say I was really disheartened by the fact that Chris Jericho has blocked you on Twitter? Yeah, I mean, it's idiocy, but I, I, don't, I don't care. I, I, I could care less. But, I mean, you were backing him up. Well, yeah, but he got trolled. Jericho got, got trolled, and he believed the troll. So, it, I mean, you know. It is what it is. That doesn't, I'm not blocked from watching WrestleMania, so I'm sorry I don't get to read updates on who he's got on his show or whatever. But, you know, I'm still going to watch him at WrestleMania and, and still think that it's a good spot for AJ, which I've been saying from the beginning, you know. I mean, it does, it does tell you something about somebody. If, he's, if you've known someone for years and you just read some random thing on Twitter and you don't give a person the benefit of a doubt, it does say something about who you are as a person. But – Yeah, let's make that clear. But – I don't care, <laughs> you know. It's a very 1999 move. Right. I mean, look, I'm verified, so I'm a big deal That's now. true. It's nothing to me. I got your back. Um, I appreciate that very much, Katie. Yeah. I Obviously, AJ wins this match, uh, and it's a great spot for, for – I still think it's a good spot for him. I think a, some people don't. I do. I think the story's good. And like I said, I think that the idea with AJ Styles is to launch him after WrestleMania. Like, th- this is just the way the calendar in WWE works. Like, this whole thing from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania was almost like we're introducing AJ Styles to our audience because he went straight to the main roster. Yep. So now we're taking three months, and this is, this is something they don't normally do. I would compliment WWE on this because of the slow build they're giving him. They're not just throwing him right into a storyline or making him a main event or whatever. Like... The last person that they threw into a top-tier storyline was Kevin Owens. 
and what happens. Everybody talks about him. Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens, John Cena, John Cena. Then John Cena beats him like three times, and then it's like, okay, down, down, down. And then it's up to Kevin Owens to get himself back up, and that's fine. But it may be more effective to bring somebody in and give them a nice slow build so that when they get up high enough that they're having a John Cena match, the audience is used to them, and they're, they're, they're wanting it. They're clamoring for it. It's in their souls and bodies. And that's what they're doing with AJ Styles. I think uh, from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania has been this process of introducing AJ to the WWE audience. He hasn't been on WWE TV ever. So they're introducing him. People know he's a star, but now they're going to see him. He's got his feud with Chris Jericho because Chris Jericho is separated from the roster because he's this in this sort of like, you know, I'm a legend, but I'm on TV every week thing. He's not involved in any other storylines. So it's like we can just concentrate on AJ and Jericho in this spot. And that – Jericho is a high-profile enough guy that it matters, and it gives the audience a chance to really meet and like and get behind AJ Styles. And then once we've – and then WrestleMania is the biggest place to, to culminate it. Once it's been culminated – I can't imagine the story living past WrestleMania. But once it's been culminated – we can now move on to Raw, and it's like AJ is here. He's graduated. This is his NXT. This is his next level, next level, next level NXT. This We've is... talked about that timeline for Styles, though, at length. Where do you think this leads to Jericho? I mean, Jericho just, just... these pop in, pop out type deals. Yeah, I mean, Dave Meltzer says he's sticking around after WrestleMania, which is fine. You know, it's just a matter of. I think Jericho's only role in the company is to get people over. So it's like, okay, who are you getting over next? There's no point in him being there if he's not getting people over. And I think because this AJ thing, there have been moments where he hasn't gotten people over, and that's using him ineffectively. But in this scenario, even though he's beaten him once or twice or whatever, like you have to look at the story as, as, a, as a whole. And in this story, he will have gotten AJ Styles over. A little bit more. Not Not to say that he's responsible for AJ Styles' popularity, but... I think that this will end up being an effective build for AJ Styles and will launch him into one of the big superstars of this coming wrestling year. The wrestling year starts on Monday. That's the first day of the year. Yeah, yeah. So this match puts him in the position to launch in to this wrestling year. Uh, and I honestly think it's a better position than Kevin Owens was put in, even though Kevin Owens had all the hype in the beginning. Because if you get everything in the beginning – there's nothing – there's no place to go after that. You get burned out on it. You're not going to be the world champion in your debut, and even if you are, eventually somebody else is doing it. These world title scenarios have been thought about. Like they're, they're, they're spending three years trying to get Roman Reigns over. So, so they can't just throw somebody else in there, right? And nobody's going to be more popular than John Cena f until John Cena leaves. So why would you want to be pushed immediately into that main event spot instead of – allowing a nice, slow build. And that is what's effectively happening with AJ Styles, in my opinion. And the fans are getting behind him. I think him. that's smart, actually. Yeah, you see what I'm saying now. I do, once it's mapped out in that regard. Right, right. right. Where it's not, because if he comes in immediately, he's either squashing guys. Like, if he comes in immediately and he's shooting with Kevin Owens, it's like, okay, well, some guy that just showed up is beating Kevin Owens. So what, now Kevin Owens' role in the company is just to 
you know, get people over who have just gotten here. Yeah. Because then the next guy that comes in, oh, let's put him with Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens loses. It's like Bray Wyatt. Like, oh, put him with Bray. Bray will lose, and then he'll look stronger. Um, and it makes Bray look weaker. It would make Kevin Owens look weaker. Right. Um, so this scenario, like, that's why Jericho, I think, is an asset to the company in that respect. Because they can use him for that. Like, he doesn't need to look strong. He's got his past to back him up. And now he can just be Jericho and have— And his band. And he's got Fozzie. And now he can just he can just be Jericho and have younger guys beat him to look better because if he's not doing that, he's got no place in the company because he's, he's – you know, it's not like he's in his prime. No. He had a great prime. His prime was with Shawn Michaels. And that was – people thought his prime was over then, and that was his prime. His feud with Shawn Michaels is like one of the greatest feuds of all time, Jericho's. Mm-hmm. But – and it's good enough, and that run was good enough. His heel – Wearing a suit, world title run was good enough that now he can come back and be used to just make people bigger stars. And I think that's what's happening, and I think this is going to be a big moment for AJ Styles to get that win at WrestleMania and cement himself. This is why they call you a professional broadcaster, because even though the man has blocked you on Twitter, you did not change. You could have totally put him down. No, you kept it professional. You kept it neutral. You know what? Because unlike some people, I'm not a You took the high road. I'm not a chick. I'm not. I'm not. No, no offense to you, Katie. Meaning a female. Yeah, I'm not, you know what? I'm going to stop you there. <laughs> yeah, look, I was. I'm not, I was trying to give you a compliment, and then you just had to like go into. The, not you, a female. Yeah, like a, yeah like let's a, retract. Like that. a chick. You know what I mean? It was like mm, he said something mean about me on Twitter. I'm going to black him. You're a professional. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. I respect that. Thank you, and I respect you, Katie Landerdahl, for bringing it up and making it clear. Not a problem. You know, making your alliance known. Speaking of alliances, alliances thrown out the window. Big one. Divas Championship Triple Threat. Ooh, baby. Charlotte, Sasha Banks, and Becky Lynch. This is becoming an even bigger deal because if you watch the show I put up Wednesday night, Thursday morning, I don't know what time or day it was. But if you watch the State of Wrestling bonus video this week, you know that there is a heavy, heavy rumor. It hasn't been confirmed by WWE, but websites are reporting that on Monday – they will announce that the Divas title is being replaced by the Women's Championship. About time. So that, that so there's a, apparently there's a new belt that's similar to the World Heavyweight Championship belt. Um, I mean title. Um, and that the winner of this triple threat match is going to be crowned on Monday as the first or, – or as the new WWE Women's Champion. Um, now, before I get there, do you think that that is going to make it tougher? I'll tell you. I mean – it makes sense to do it now because the Bellas are leaving. And the Bellas represented – to me, a diva's not a bad thing. But to me, the era of the divas was highlighted by the Bellas. It was this hybrid of kind of wrestler slash model slash celebrity slash thing. That's why they made a reality show and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. The era right now is – and you know what? Quite frankly, a lot of times that didn't work for wrestling crowds, Right. That's divas matches were bathroom break matches for a long time. Yes, it didn't work for a lot of people, but in a lot of other ways it did. Like in terms of branching out the company and branding and stuff like that. Now, the audience has shifted, and everybody is hungry for women's wrestling, which still is so mind blowing to me. And, and just even again, having visited that at NXT last night, women's wrestling. I mean, the chance that people are pumped for this is the real divas revolution. Switch it over. This is it. It happened. Without calling it out. Well, I mean, I think it's amazing that 
like look at the WrestleMania t-shirt and it's your three main events. It's the that we'll talk about, the three matches, and then right under it, Sasha, Charlotte, so awesome. and Becky. Now it says a lot about the culture that we're living in. That's why WWE is smart. Because right now is a time, especially in sports, where empowering females is a big thing. You know yeah, what I mean? But it, it doesn't always necessarily work. And you know I'm a proud, um, proud female feminist, if, if, if you will. But the, it, it's like WNBA. Let's be honest here. No, but There's y- nothing being forced on anybody's throats. This is a rabid crowd, and we're into it. Yes. But the reason I think that they're highlighting it so much is because they understand where the culture is going. I think a lot of this was started by, you know, Ronda Rousey. Even like I mean, you go as far as because because it's all it's all culturally based. Like wrestling is where culture meets sports meets entertainment meets everything. Yeah. So like you could go and say, well, like Tina Fey started this by to me, Tina Fey ushered in a new era of female empowering comedy. Right? Tina Fey, your Amy Schumer's, your people like that. Yeah. It brings it brings power to females in comedy which before was very, very male-oriented. Very male-oriented. So then that happens. Then Ronda Rousey shows up on UFC, becomes the biggest UFC fighter in the country, a movie star, on The Tonight Show, blah, blah, blah. The culture shifts. The culture shifts and realizes, oh, there's this whole other thing. WWE, right there on time, is smart enough to hire the best people, wrestlers, and get Sarah Amato. Sarah Del Rey, mm-hmm. to train these women four years, five years ago. And now you're looking at one of the main events for WrestleMania being our three favorite people from NXT from a year ago, Sasha Banks, Charlotte, and Becky Lynch. I mean, it's, it's, it's an incredible story. And the fact is, as much as we just talked about AJ, this is the one time where there's not one person that is saying – Oh, they just got here. They don't deserve to be here. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Nobody is looking at them going like, what? They just showed up on the main roster and they already have this match. They're like, yep, this is the women's match And we excited see. to see the match. Yes. And honestly, I said when it was first announced, if you're an avid listener to the podcast, I said, you know, I really wanted a Charlotte-Sasha match. I'm glad they made it a triple threat match at the end of wow, the Wow, you're going to change your stance on I that? I am. I am. As, as we go into WrestleMania, I'm glad that they made it a triple threat match because... I think it's bigger than a match. I think it is going to become genre-defining. And I think that having a third member of the roster, of the women's roster, represented in that match and having her be as strong as Becky Lynch is what's going to make it more than just a one-on-one match and actually a genre-defining moment. Because I think – I honestly think that this match has the potential to change women's wrestling. I think it's going to change. But you you wouldn't argue that that Sasha's and and Bailey and – Matches previously haven't already done that? No, because they haven't done it on a big enough stage. Fair enough. Okay. Right? Like, like they showed that there's potential for that. Sasha, Sasha and Bailey had one of the best matches I've ever seen in Brooklyn. Right. They showed there's potential for that. What they did was they allowed Hunter to go to Vince and say, Vince, look at what these women are doing. Listen to that audience. You don't think that Hunter is going to Vince McMahon and saying, Vince, Listen to the audience chant the words women's wrestling. They're not chanting like about them showing their breasts. They're not chanting about uh, puppies. They're not chanting about pillow fights or mud wrestling. It's great. You know, it's a totally different thing. And it probably, and I heard a year ago 
when Sasha Banks was getting the biggest reaction at the NXT show in San Jose or wherever it was, the Vince McMahon got thrown for a loop. He was I like, remember that. Remember that? That really stood out. Yeah, and that's what I mean. And that's what those matches do. They don't, they're not genre-defining because they're not on a big enough stage, but they show somebody like Vince McMahon who can put them on a big enough stage that there is an audience for this, and this is where the audience is going. Right. And this, the fact that this match is one of the highlighted matches on WrestleMania is something that people need to remember before they say, Vince, WWE, never listen to the fans. You can't say they, you could say there are instances where they don't, but there are a lot of instances where they get it very right, this being one of them. You know, they didn't do it right when they started, but over the last six months or so, you know, the Divas Revolution was a mess when it first happened. We said they ruined it. Well, right. And now what's happening is we've, if, if, right, we said a few weeks it. ago, it, but they didn't address it already, it organically happened. Instead of pushing it, Right. And saying, we're in the middle of a Divas, we're actually in the Divas Revolution without saying it. Right. But I think it was also done in time. I think you can give them credit for that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's not like, it's not, it was done organically in the sense that we felt like it was done organically, but not in the sense like it was an accident. Like, WWE can get the credit for this. Yes. They did it right. They fixed it. They fixed it. Yes. Yes. In the end, they did it right, which is why I'm optimistic about WrestleMania, because generally speaking, in the end, they do it right. Um... I don't know. I, I would probably have Charlotte keep the title. I think of those three women. I mean, Sasha Banks is my favorite wrestler. Everybody knows that. Um, <laughs> I think just in terms of poetry and storyline and all that stuff, I would say Charlotte would be my pick for the first women's champion or, or the return of the women's championship. Um, you know, I'd probably be just as happy if any of them won it. I think it's not really going to be about the winner. It's going to be about the match and what it does for women's wrestling. Um, but if I had to predict somebody or say I wanted somebody to win, not based on as a fan, but just sort of thinking about wrestling, I would. I if I were writing WrestleMania, I would probably have Charlotte win the match. Even though she's a bad guy, I would, I would probably have Charlotte win. I think. What do you think? I prefer Charlotte to win, but I think Sasha's going to take it. There's a good chance she will, too, just because she's so popular. I mean, so popular. By the way, I hope you've all been listening to the podcast long enough to remember who was on the Sasha bandwagon very, very early. I mean, before I, I thought – I didn't even know who Sasha Banks was. Right. You're like, how would she be so aggressive? I haven't even seen her do anything. I'm I actually like, thought it was Guy. Right. Right. It's, good. Um, it's a good call on your part. But I'm very, very excited. Let's get into the three main events. Um – we don't really know what order they're going to go in. No. If you look at the posters, the T-shirts, whatever, the world title match is still listed on top. Um, we don't know if it'll close the show or not. Let's talk about Dean Ambrose, Brock Lesnar. Do you think no holds barred street fight? Do you want Dean Ambrose to win? No. Why? Because I think it devalues Lesnar, and I haven't been. Ex- this is probably my least excited match. You know how big of a Lesnar huh. fan I am. I haven't. Th- I thought the build was. I, I, I know people are excited by how, like, it's just so lunatic fringe and chaos. I haven't felt that way at all. I thought bringing out the Red Rider wagon with weapons, it just does not do anything for me. It's, it's so acting and over the top that I'm just not, I'm not sold on it. The wagon was weird. I like the Mick Foley stuff. I like the Terry Funk stuff a lot. Um, you know, I like the interview that uh, he did with us uh, a couple weeks ago for the podcast. Um I would say that I, too, am not ready for Brock Lesnar to lose at WrestleMania. No way. Yeah. 
I don't know who the guy would be to get that victory because now that victory is almost as important as the streak was, right? Because he's the guy who That's broke the streak. That's what I was thinking, yes. Yeah. yeah, I would agree with you on that. Um, I Honestly, I wouldn't be that surprised if Ambrose did win because it seems like they're really trying to make him the guy or at least push him to the point where he's close. Um, now that we're talking about it, too, I think this is the one that does leave the most room for a Bray. Right. Right, because it doesn't yeah. disrupt. Um, it does disrupt, and it's necessary, I feel. I don't think it's necessary because Dean Ambrose is like – I mean, Dean Ambrose is arguably the most popular good guy in the company. But I feel that the build with him, is it's been so one-sided that it's like Brock's de- annihilating him, destroying him, destroying him to a point where – but that's it. That's the underdog. But, but I mean, it's been really exaggerated. And I, then you're going to tell me he's just going to win? I think you're underestimating Dean Ambrose's popularity. Maybe. Yeah. He really is really popular. I so mean. That doesn't mean he's going to take out Brock Lesnar. It doesn't. That just devalues the hell out of Lesnar's card. I mean, it it it. It's a choice you make, right? Like at some point you have to bring down Brock Lesnar's value a little bit to bring up somebody else's. So is the choice now – Just as yeah, 21 and no. I mean – Right, right. You make that choice. And some people still don't think – I'm glad that he beat The Undertaker at the end of the day because now we can have this conversation. Like I said, I'm not ready for Brock Lesnar to lose at WrestleMania. But I guess I wouldn't be that surprised. I don't know if Bray would help Dean win though. Would Bray attack Brock? No, I think it takes it in a completely different direction. Or would Bray attack Dean? Because we also don't want to— It's just setting up something totally off course. Because we also don't want to—we don't need to see another—we've seen Dean Ambrose versus Bray Wyatt. No, this isn't—this is a Brock-Bray issue. Oh. That's uh, how—potentially. Hmm. Yeah, I could see it. Um, All right, let's talk the Hell in a Cell match, I guess. We'll go on the order of the (laughs) T-shirt. Hell in a Cell, (laughs) Shane McMahon versus Undertaker. Do you think this match goes on last? No. You no. think the world title match goes on last? Yeah, absolutely. I think, and here's why it's so difficult to predict what match is going to go on last. It's de- it's depending on what they have planned for those matches, right? Like, it's not really about either of those matches. I think both the Hell in a Cell match and the world title match are going to have a lot of tricks because both of them need a lot of tricks. Agree. The Shane McMahon-Undertaker match needs tricks because it'll help Shane get through. As, as awesome as Shane is, you know, he does. he needs tricks. So... I think that and, – and the story with control of Monday Night Raw being on the line, um, I think that match needs tricks. And I think Roman and Triple H needs tr- uh, tricks because Roman gets booed so much. So, um, yeah, I, as I s- – I – the one – and I know I said I wanted – John Cena is going to play a part at WrestleMania, I think. I think he has to. In some capacity, we're on the same page there. I could see him helping Shane and saying, Vince, Shane's right. This show sucks, and he needed to win. That also would set up an Undertaker-John Cena match next year at WrestleMania, even though the stipulation Jeez, that's is— that's a year away. Yeah. I mean, they did it with The Rock. Even though the stipulation is if Undertaker loses, he doesn't get another WrestleMania match. You know, if you know, stipulations have been changed before. Um— I would rather see John Cena interfere in the world title match and do my scenario that we talked about before than have him interfere in this match. But I could see him interfering in this match. I could also see Stone Cold Steve Austin interfering in this match because he's got a rivalry with Vince, 
right? He didn't think Vince should be controlling Raw. Maybe Stone Cold's going to drop a stunner on the dead man. And maybe Stone Cold's going to come back as the commissioner of Monday Night Raw. Who knows? Let's I, also remember, though, this is hell in a cell. Yeah. I mean, I think that just means Shane McMahon's going to jump off the top of it or something. I think there's going to be something insane. But, but I mean, else for an interference, it does make it a little bit more tricky. I mean, you could just have Kane come in and rip off the door like he did in 97. Or just come through the ring. Right, right, yeah. I mean, it's a little tricky, but it's not like there's never been interference in a Hell in a Cell match. Like, the idea yeah. is it's billed as there can be no interference, and then, whoa, there was interference. Wow. Yeah. Um, I would think Shane's going to win. Um, I think it's not going to be a clean win as to not discredit The Undertaker. Uh, I don't think this will be The Undertaker's last WrestleMania match, but I just, there is no way to not have Shane take over Raw. It can't happen. And the reason for that, I've said it before, is that you can't have a good guy go on TV and say, I'm going to win the match because Raw sucks and I'm going to make it better. And everybody goes, yeah, that's how we feel. And Vince says, there's nothing wrong with Raw. I'm going to keep control of it. And everybody goes, boo, this show sucks. Because you've now set up a storyline where the story is that the fans really think the show sucks. Right? I think this leads to a brand split, like exactly. you've been alluding to. Now, you know, sure, there's, I guess there's a possibility that Shane loses and somehow is like, oh, but you didn't know I have control of SmackDown, which I think is stupid. But... Yeah, I think this is where some kind of brand split happens, and I think, I think Vince McMahon loses power of Raw. That's what I think. Do you think Shane stays on the longer no. though? No. Yeah, he's okay. I think Shane will probably be on Raw on Monday, but I don't think he sticks around longer. He um, hand just hands it over to somebody else. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. I think yeah, there'll okay. be a figurehead. That's whether it, it could be Mick Foley, could be Stone Cold, could be one of those guys. Um, it could, I think it, could be, it has potential to be very, very cool. I'm excited about it. Let's talk about the main event of the night. For the WWE World Heavyweight Is that listed? We're looking at the t-shirt. Is it listed as last? Yeah. It's the top of the shirt. I mean, this isn't the match order, obviously. Yeah. But it is but... the top of the shirt. It's the okay. headline of the shirt. It's the headline of the program. It's, it's supposed to be the headline match. And I'm, I've always been in favor, as I've said many times, of the world title match going on last. Here's the interesting thing. The t-shirt says no disqualification match, which was never announced. What? So do all the posters... Advertising material says this is a no disqualification match. Which, what does that leave room for? Wow. Tricks. Lots Bags of tricks. Bags of tricks. Yes. So that's what makes me think there'll be tricks, and this will be a no disqualification match. Um, I think by hook or crook, Roman Reigns is leaving with the world title. I think this is the only thing that I've been able to pan out in my head, and you're way better at this than I am, is he, this is the turn. This is the last hurrah heel turn. Yeah, I think uh, I think that the way this goes is, I mean, I'm hoping it's the way I I, I said I wanted it to go, which is um, that reluctant heel. Roman Reigns as a reluctant heel, you know, I think that's the way to go. Roman Reigns as the Bret Hart of our generation, who's fed up with the fact that the fans turned on him. That's what I think is the story to be told here. Would you get behind that? Yeah, I think that's overdue. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, uh, I think it's what's gonna happen. You know, I think, I, and and you know, we've talked about it a bunch leading up to this, but I still feel that way. I think people are going to get involved in the match. Um, 
I hope what I said before for those of you who are listening for the first time, where have you been? I hope that there is some kind of John Cena interference, John Cena coming out to help Roman Reigns because the authority is getting involved, and then Roman Reigns takes out John Cena. It is good. And Roman Reigns goes, I don't need your help, John. And it's like, whoa. Because, I mean, if Roman Reigns is champion, I think it's a money match to have a bad guy Roman, a, a reluctant heel Roman Reigns versus good guy John Cena. I think that's cool. I like that. Katie, tell me what you're most excited about seeing. <sighs> I guess it's I guess Hell in a Cell. Maybe, yeah. I'm most excited at seeing how they get out of the Roman Reigns thing. That's what I'm most excited about seeing. I'm really I'm excited about the whole show. I'm excited about how they pull the whole thing off. I think they're gonna there's there's just they haven't announced a lot. I feel like I feel like there's gonna be quite a few surprises, and I'm really excited to see how it all gets pulled off and what they do with. I'm I don't come at it pessimistically, you know, because I love wrestling. I come at it as I am now excited to see how they deal. The Roman Reigns thing became a problem. I'm very excited to see how they deal with this problem. Uh, Katie, I'm glad I'm spending it with you. It's, it's very emotional. Yes. It's very exciting. You can get her tech podcast at katie.show, yeah. show, or on iTunes. Subscribe to this podcast. Um, uh, rate, review, blah, blah, blah. And we'll be back on Wednesday morning. To recap, first thing Wednesday morning, to recap everything that happened on Raw, WrestleMania, the whole trip. You follow us on Snapchat. I'm not Sam Roberts. She's Katie Lindendahl. And we're, 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 we're doing everything we're doing from the, from the shows and everything. Enjoy WrestleMania, guys. I know we will. Chelsky. See you later. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.